over the years here at Little Z's, I've worked with all kinds of different families, all kinds, all shapes, all sizes. And I understand that there are so many situations in which you're going at this alone, where you are co-parenting or where whether you are a divorced family or whether you are a solo parent. And we want to be able to provide the help and the insight and the resources for you. Today on the podcast, I am grateful and thrilled to have Julie McGovern. She is one of our Sleep Society members and as well as a Little Z's Sleep family grad. And um, I actually found out about Julie from a post that she tapped in and started helping one of our members. And this is why I love the Sleep Society. The Sleep Society is our monthly membership where, yes, you have access to an entire video library answering all of the questions that you will have about sleep as your child grows. You have a roadmap of what to do as your child grows, so sleep is still a thing. But probably even better than that is our community, our Facebook community, of parents who are asking questions and are, are wanting feedback. And um, a few months ago, a mom shared that she and her partner were going through a divorce and that it was difficult and she didn't know how to navigate these waters with having children and bedtimes and differences and their beliefs. And Julie stepped in and offered some suggestions and offered um, one of her free classes that she teaches. And so when I saw her reach out and help one of our Sleep Society members, I immediately asked her, we've got to hear your story. I want to know more about what you do. And I want your reach to spread more than just a private Facebook group. So I'm thrilled that Julie spent some time with me today because this conversation is one that um, is unique. And it is one that I hope that you share. If you know a family in a situation like Julie describes, would you send them this episode? Because I, I know and I hope that it will be a great help to you. Um, I want to welcome Julie McGovern to the podcast. She is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to co-parenting. She, and I'll, I'll let her introduce herself, so I'm not going to say it all, but um, I have a specific reason why I asked her to be here because she really proved herself by stepping out and helping a mom in need, which is what she does every day in her, um, in her job. So welcome, Julie. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here and talk to you. And um, so, yeah, my name is Julie. I work for a fabulous nonprofit agency called Parents by Choice. And we are located in Stockton, California. So we're kind of in central California. And we provide a lot of supports and services for children and youth in our community. So right now we have, um, we have a foster care department. We have a mental health department. We work with transitional age youth. And we also have a positive parenting department. And so that's what I'm here to talk about today. That's the department that I work in. And we are very privileged to have a curriculum that is called Triple P. So that stands for Positive Parenting Program. <laughs> and that is through the University of Queensland in Australia. And from Dr. Matt Sanders, it is the best, most well-research-based family parenting program in the world. It is globally used. It's translated into dozens of languages. So it is very well-research-based. We're very proud to get to have this curriculum and get to use it. And we have multiple curriculums we do. We teach you know, how do I help my child, you know, brush their teeth and how do I manage misbehavior? And then I get to teach specifically co-parenting. So this is near and dear to my heart because personally I'm divorced. And so 
I have three beautiful girls. I have my two big girls from my first marriage and I'm co-parenting with their father. They're nine and 12. And then I'm remarried and I have the baby at home. She just turned two. She is at hand full. Oh my goodness. That's why I contacted you, Becca. I was like, I need some help. We got to get this kid sleeping. Oh my goodness. Um, so I have my hands full, but for me personally, this was um, something I volunteered for. I'm at a staff meeting and they're like, we need co-parenting. I'm thinking, me, send me, please. I want to be accredited. Train me in this curriculum because I need it. I'm living and breathing this. So for me, co-parenting has never been just like, oh, a book someone wrote or curriculum. It is definitely what I'm living and breathing and trying to do my best by my children. I love them so much and I just want the best for them. I know so many parents, we just, we love our kids and we want to take good care of them. So um, I was so happy that you reached out and you wanted to talk about all things co-parenting. So yeah. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, I I tagged you in on this conversation, but I, I told you before we started the real interview that I've never talked about this topic before. And I always want to make sure that if we do talk about a topic that I know zero about, we obviously have to have someone who is credible to talk through it and that these are constructive conversations and not just like, well, maybe this or maybe that or venting sessions. They are real for true um, strategies and episodes for parents. And so you very graciously stepped in on our sleep society, which for those listening is our way, as we say, to help you keep making sleep a thing. We have an entire video library of um, ways that we want to help you keep your child on the right path of sleeping. But along with that, probably the everyone's favorite is our community of, of moms and parents who are all over the world that just, Hey, I'm going through this. I need help with this. And there was a, a sweet mom who came in and said, I am, I'm, I think she said, I'm going through a separation. Um, please give me tips on co-parenting and, um, people were stepping in and sharing a few things, but you very graciously came in and said, I teach classes that you can attend for free on this. And this is my expertise. I was like, yes, this is what we need. We need to talk about this. So Thank you for stepping in. Um, and sometimes I think that Facebook is so cool in the way that it connects people, but also there are so many posts on that community board, how you even happen to see that one and say it. I'm just so thankful. It was exactly what you needed to comment on. So let's talk about, um, a, a kind of the basis basics of this. So first of all, what defines co-parenting? That is a good question. Um, and it's really challenging. I mean, trying to come together with someone that you could not make it with previously. So there's a reason why we're not together, right? There's usually a breakdown in communication. Sometimes there's a lot of trauma, dysfunction, abuse. There is a lot of pain involved in this. And so getting to a place where we could co-parent, what we think of when we say the word co-parenting, what we mean is working together, being on the same parenting team and trying to make decisions for our child together, making joint decisions. And a lot of us were like, I couldn't do that in my relationship. So how am I possibly going to do this now when we are separated, right? So coming into this process, every single one of us going through this is experiencing a lot of grief and a lot of pain. And so this is my number one first step. We can't go anywhere with co-parenting. We cannot get on the same page. We cannot be on the same team yet. First, what we need to do is individually process our grief and pain. 
And a lot of times what we want is to go to our co-parent. We want an apology. You know, we deserve X, Y, or Z, right? And 99% of us are never going to get a, I'm so sorry I cheated on you and left you for another person, right? 99% of the time you're going to get, it's your fault. I cheated on you. And this is, so a lot of us, we cannot go to our co-parent for this process. This is individual. I need to come to terms with my grief and my emotions because someday I need to have a conversation with my co-parent and I need all of that emotion to be kept out of it. I need to be able to respond and react and stay present in the moment. And a lot of us are so caught up with this grief and this pain that we're not able to do that. So that is that first step in our curriculum. We spend the majority of our time right here. This is where we say we talk a lot about coping strategies, breathing strategies, reframing, thinking strategies, right? I mean, just a lot, how many different strategies can I give you? One of them is going to work for you. And so we just spend a lot of time here. I personally did a lot of great therapy, a lot of great weekly therapy, trying to process that pain and what does this mean for me? What does my divorce mean for me? There's so much stress and change. I'm going from a joint unit to a single person. And where am I going to live? How are we going to pay our bills? So really taking that time to process those emotions is really our first step with co-parenting. Our next step is really trying to just take some of those emotions and we're going to try and let go. And so we really have to have this idea of I'm going to let go of the past. I'm going to try and move forward and make a business like relationship with my co-parent because in a business world, I show up on time. I'm appropriately dressed. I use appropriate language, right? If my supervisor asks me to turn something in on time, I'm going to try my best to like have it done in a timely manner. I'm not perfect by any means, but in a business-like relationship, you're going to hopefully show up and present yourself in a way that will work best to set up communication in the future. So we really have to deal with our grief, really need to process that individually. And then going forward, we want to create some boundaries around what a business-like relationship, you know, looks like going forward. Um, and so then once we actually get to that business-like relationship. And if we can set up some of those boundaries, then we really want to think about how can we communicate with our co-parent in an assertive way. So we're really going to try and bring out our assertive communication. And our assertive communication is so amazing because we can use it with our current spouses. <laughs> you can use it with your coworkers. It's a great tool. It's just a communication tool that can be used over all platforms, but is especially helpful in co-parenting. We've got to get this down. Um, typically, a lot of times when we are communicating with our co-parent, if we're responding to that emotion, if we're being really reactive or we're holding on to that baggage and we're really in a lot of pain, a lot of times what we're going to do is a use statement. So it's like, you have to pick them up at three o'clock. You have to pay for half of dance. You know, it's very focused on what this other person must do. And if I'm being told what to do like that, I can feel very defensive. And so then we can see a lot of escalation happening with our co-parenting. So the best way to kind of stop that in its tracks and to really work on this assertive communication is beautiful I statements. So I need to go to work at five. I need to drop off the kids before that, right? 
Riley has danced on Thursday at 4.30. So she needs to be to dance by 4.30. So these are just, I'm stating what I need. I'm stating the facts, but it's from my point of view and I'm not putting it on the other person. So that assertive communication is so helpful using those I statements, but it really comes in with this idea that I have to hold in here that me and my co-parent were both equal. And a lot of times as a co-parent, that really doesn't sit well with that because maybe one person was up all night with the kids. Maybe one person has been absent for possibly years and now they want to come into the picture. And as a parent, it's like, I've been here. I've done everything. You know, I have, I, there's no way that we are equal. There's no way I can hold us both here as having the same value. And so a lot of times we get stuck in that of, I'm right, or I'm important, and you haven't been here. And so the idea of that assertive communication is I'm going to hold us both as important. What I like to think about is putting myself in my kids' shoes because to my kids, we are both so important. We are so important. And we may not be perfectly equal, right? That's never like, that's not real life. Real life is nothing's ever perfect. No division of labor or whatever is perfectly equal. But to my babies, we both matter. Their dad and me are so important to them. And so when I stop and I put myself in my kids' shoes and I really think about it, having us both be important elevates that conversation. So I'm coming into that conversation thinking we're both important. We both matter. I'm going to show my co-parent that respect because not because this person has necessarily earned it, but because that's what matters to my children. And it really makes such a difference. Um, so going forward, using that assertive communication, using those really good I statements. Um, I think some of the best advice I've gotten for my co-parenting has been to present both sides. A lot of times when we're communicating, we get very focused on being right. And so we come in and we have our plan. This is what we want. This is what we're going to get. And so um, coming in and saying, okay, I need to go to work at five, right? I need to drop off the kids early. You need to go to work too. This is what's going on with you. And then how are we going to compromise? I'm going to state both sides. I see, you know, you want to take the kids to your mom's for Christmas. They haven't seen your family. Maybe I don't agree with that. Maybe I don't even want that, right? But I can still state my co-parent's point of view, state mine. I want to take the kids to Christmas too. You know, they haven't seen my great-grandma in years. Okay, how can we compromise on this? And so a lot of times that helps where we're not trying to convince the other person that we're right. We're trying to get them to come to our side. We can just share two points of view. This is what I think. This is what I need. I hear what you need. How can we come together on this and how can we compromise? Um, if we can get to that place where we can do that, that would be co-parenting. Yay! <laughs> that would be, you know, such an ideal situation. But a lot of us, unfortunately, don't live in that world. It's not, you know, it's not a perfect world that we live in. It can be really challenging. I would not wish co-parenting on my worst enemy, not that I have one, but if I did, <laughs> I would not wish it upon them because it has been such a challenge for me personally to try to navigate and figure out. And it can be just really hard. It's a very humbling experience for us. Um, but I always go back to my kids, you know, I always put myself back in their shoes and it's the best gift that I could ever give them is to get along with their dad and spend time with like, have them spend time with him so that they can have their whole family. Our family looks different now, right? Like it looks so different than what I ever thought my life would be like when I was a little girl and you're imagining your wedding and your little castle or whatever, right? It looks nothing like that nowadays. 
but I want my kids to have their whole family, you know, that their dad is a part of their family. I want them to have all of that. And so that's my best gift to them, even though they probably don't appreciate it or realize or have any concept of it right now, you know, but I hope and I pray that someday when they're older, that they'll, they'll see that they'll have a relationship with their dad. They'll have a good bond with him and they'll be able to look back and be like, Oh, it's because mom did all of this work. Look at all this, look at all of this work it takes to do co-parenting. It's just, it's a lot of effort. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I appreciate, gosh, everything that you just shared. Um, and I'm sure that's just like a tip of, like you said, everything that you cover (laughs) in your classes, which I'll just kind of pause here to say, we will link all of the, the free classes, right. That you teach. Yes. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent free. They're fully funded and they're on zoom. So they're open to anybody. Um, anyone that is interested in taking them, they're a huge support. They're a group setting, which I really love because then you get co-parents who've been in there, who've been doing this for five or six years. And then you get families who are like, um, I don't really know what we're doing yet. Like we're still living together or we just separated last week. And so it can be so supportive to come alongside each other and be like, I've been doing this a long time. Like this is what has been successful for me. Or I just, I haven't even told my kids yet. I don't even know what I'm going to say to them. I'm going to talk to them like, you know, Saturday. What do I say to them? And being able to have like a nice script of like, these are well research-based things that we can say to our kids to help them, help them process and deal with it. So um, just beneficial for us. So I want to transition a little bit to the sleep side of things because yes. I have been asked this many times over the years and yes. um, there's it's <clears throat> almost gone in different directions. So there's kind of two... I guess, forks in the road that I want to cover. One is, gosh, I've had a lot of experience with back when I only did one-on-ones and even actually still the courses, uh, it doesn't happen as often, but when I did one-on-ones and one parent would be like, yes, we are doing this. And the other parent was like, absolutely not. And that was a really hard place to be in. And I never wanted those people, like if they did purchase and I found out that parents weren't on board, I was like, I'm so sorry. We can't do this. It's not going to work. It's going to be a waste of your money and your time. And your it's just going to bring more frustration. So, and then similarly on the other side, though, they, they already have a kid who sleeps great. Um, but then they, uh, they are now co-parenting and one parent doesn't want to follow through. And the other parent does like, these are really hard situations. So what are some ways and, and assertive communication styles? What are some things that we can do to, to give some help in these tricky sleep situations? Just the last class I did, I had two dads and it was the same. So they had the same story. And both of them were so frustrated because the kids slept in bed with mom. And so at mom's house, they're sleeping in bed with mom. And then they, the kids didn't want to spend the night with dad because they want to go sleep with mom. Right. And so it was very interesting because the two dads had very um, differing opinions. So one dad was, had the, the opinion of, that's okay. You want to sleep with your mom. That's what you're used to. That's fine. If you just want to come over during the day and then maybe sometime you would be comfortable and you could sleep here and that could be okay. The other dad's opinion was very different. And he was saying, no, you need to sleep in your own bed. You should not sleep at your mom, like in bed with your mom at your mom's house. And when you come here, you will sleep in your own bed. And this is an important value that I want to teach you. So I think it depends personally on your um, personality, right? It's going to depend on your perspective. So every family is very different. And I always try to like make room for that in the conversation. So not everyone's going to respond the exact same way. 
that is fine. Um, but I definitely think if we can process some of our own emotions, so the father that was, um, no, you will sleep in your own bed at my house. And this is a value that I have, and you must have was having a difficult time controlling his own emotions. Right. And so he was being very reactive and he was telling the co-parent that the kids are not allowed, you know, that you should not have them in bed with you. So that would be what we call that you statement, right? So you should not have the kids sleep in bed with you. And this is what they will do at my house. And my way is the right way. And this is oftentimes what we get into. Um, and so as a co-parent, the hardest lesson I've had to learn is to let go. When my children are at my co-parents' house, I do not get to control what they are doing. So if they're going, if, if my co-parent genuinely, truly, if wants to sleep in bed with the children, they have the right to do that at their house. And so as a co-parent, the best case scenario would be to try to communicate, right? Try to get on the same page. It's going to be easier for the kiddos if we can have similar expectations for them. This is like your whole sleep program, right? It's the more consistent we are as the adult, the easier it is for the kids to learn. So we know that just from behavior, the more consistent we can have this for our kids, the easier it'll be for them. If you value your child sleeping in their own bed at night, and this is something that is important to you, you have the right to do that in your own home. So if you have your children, however many nights a week, you have the ability to sleep train them, have them put them in their own bed and do that with them. If they then go to the other co-parent's house and have a completely different you know, situation happening, it's going to take longer for them to learn. It's going to be harder on them. But guess what? Kids are amazing. Kids are resilient. Kids are so smart. So they can understand eventually some families will be at mom's house. This is how I sleep. And at dad's house, this is how I sleep. Now the kids may have big opinions on that. They may really prefer one environment to another. They may let you know that, but guess what? You're the grown up and you get to make the rules for your family in your household. So I would just recommend to families really trying to decide what do you think is best, right? What do you want to do in your family? What works for you? What routine is best for you? And stick to it, right? The more consistent you can be at your house, the easier it will be for your children to learn what you want to do. But it would be crucial to go through like all of those steps I talked about earlier, <laughs> it would be so crucial to go through them. And when we're trying to communicate with our co-parent, really use that assertive communication, use those I statements. We don't want our co-parents to feel attacked. If they feel attacked about how they're sleeping with your child, then they are not going to want to talk to you about it. They're not going to want to deal with it, right? It can be really a, a very painful and personal thing. So if your co-parent feels judged and torn down about how they're sleeping with their kids, guess what? The conversation going to be over. So that where it really comes in of presenting what you want to do, maybe presenting what the other co-parent wants to do. And how can we compromise? Maybe I want the kids to go to bed at seven. Maybe you don't want them to have a bedtime. I've dealt with this one personally. My co-parent was like, the kids don't need a bedtime. They like research shows that they will figure it out on their own. They'll go to bed when they're tired. And I'm thinking they need to go to bed so early. They have school. Like there's, you know, I'm like the opposite of that. Like how can we put them to bed earlier? Right. And so Sometimes it doesn't work to convince your co-parent that your point of view is correct. It's not going to happen. And so instead of focusing on who is right, I would really focus on how can we compromise? So, right. So if you don't want to do a bedtime at your house and I want to do an early bedtime, could we do an 8 p.m.? 
right? Like, can we somehow like compromise like in the middle where they don't have to go to bed super early and they don't have to go to bed super late? Like, what is that compromise going to be? But at the end of the day, if your co-parent doesn't want to, then at their house, my old, um, my, my girls don't have a bedtime at their dad's house and they get to go to bed when they want to. Or um, for a while it was like 1030. It's like 1030. My kids are nine and 12, right? That's, that's a late, that's a late bedtime, right? And so these are the things that is real. You know, this is real co-parenting. This is, it's a challenge. I deal with, we talk about sleep a lot in my classes. It's something that comes up oftentimes because people just live very differently in different homes. And so ultimately what we can only control, what we have control over, which is myself, how I respond, how I talk about my co-parent is really important. How I talk about their bedtime at their dad's house. Cause my girls at daddy's house, right? I get to do, blah, blah. I'm like, that is so nice. I'm glad that you get to do that at your dad's. Like, that sounds great. Guess what? I'm tired. <laughs> mommy's going to bed. <laughs> like it's nine o'clock. We're going to bed. We're going, this is just what we're going to do at mommy's house. And this is how it is. Um, and so sometimes that's just really important. How we talk about our co-parent, their rules and showing them respect and just trying to create as much stability and peace for our kids as we can. Um, There's a lot of research on conflict, co-parenting and conflict. And so the more conflict our kids are exposed to by us verbally, you know, doing a put down with our co-parent or the conflict that they see of us having, you know, verbal exchanges with each other, the more conflict our kids are exposed to, the harder it is for them. The harder it is for them to do well in school, the harder it is for them to do well at home. I mean, the harder it is for them to sleep at night, literally just everything is hard on our kids. So anything that we can do to take that conflict away from our kids, to shield them from it, to create that stability and peace for them, they're going to do better. And that's why we love, we love our kids. And so we want them to do well in school. You know, we want them to do well at home. We want them to sleep at night. And so I think for us as co-parents, that's my number one priority is, okay, what conflict is going on in the home? How can we take this away from the kids? How can we create that peace for them? They need that stability. Um, but man, it is a challenge. It is, it is not easy. Um, and but I don't, it's it can be really, it can be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is exactly why you offer the classes that you do um, to offer this help. So can you tell us a little bit about um how some of our listeners can sign up if this is something that they're like, yep, I need that. Absolutely. You can find us online. Our agency is called Parents by Choice and we're online parentsbychoice.net. You can sign up online. You can look at all of our programs. We offer them on Zoom um, and it's just that we're easy to find. Please come find us online and we would love to, um, you know, put you in a class, talk with you, support you. But that's what the whole program is about is just trying to help and support families going through this process. And I love it personally because I'm doing it. I'm leading it, but then I'm getting all the benefits constantly. And so I'm able to talk and share and see different people's perspectives. And um, it's just been so helpful for me personally. I'm like, man, how do people do this without these kinds of supports and classes? I don't know how they do it. I am so thankful we live in a time where we can, you can literally get help with anything. I say this all the time. I'm like, you can get help with whatever you need in the world. And it's amazing. So I'm so glad to be alive right now. 
Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to link all that below um, for everybody. So thank you for sharing. This was an incredible wealth of information, a great skim of the surface, I'm sure. Um, But I really, truly appreciate your time. And I hope that this is going to be helpful for a lot of our listeners. Thank you so much for having me, Becca. So nice to see you in person. (laughs) Thank you, Julie, for being here with us. And again, I hope that This is a message that reaches exactly who it needs to reach. If you know of someone else, please send this episode to them and check the links below for the classes and the um, offerings that Julie shared with us in the episode. Thank you so much for being here. Sweet dreams. See you next time.